If you would this morning turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. We'll start a reading there in verse 24. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. For Christ has not entered to the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but unto heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entered into the holy places every year with blood of other. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was uh, once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, I confess to you that I've sinned against you. Lord, I repent this morning. I want to turn from those sins, Lord, and I want to be more of what you would have me to be. And Lord, I pray that you would feed us in your word this morning. I pray that you would hide me behind the cross. Lord, I pray that you would anoint me as a uh, we're in your word, that you would use me as your spokesman. I pray that the Holy Spirit, he would move in each and every heart here this morning. I pray that heaven would come down. Lord, I invite you in to our presence. I pray that we will worship you in spirit and truth in the way that you deserve to be. I pray that Christ would be exalted at Calvary Baptist Church this morning. Use us in a way that we would never imagine in advancing the kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's in my Christ's name I ask these things. Amen. We see in this passage of Scripture the attitude towards our Lord's return. I have studied about the rapture of the church Many times. There are people that will tell you, you can hear this, this is an argument that I've heard many times. They'll say, well, the word rapture is not mentioned in the Word of God, so I don't believe then there's going to be a rapture. Well, you've missed it. There is going to be a rapture, a great calling up of the church. And I'm blessed every time that I study about the truth of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But not only am I blessed while studying it, I'm going to tell you that I'm looking forward to that return. I'm going to tell you that this morning as I got to the church early, I started praying about this, and I asked Jesus to come before we ever had church this morning. And I believe as a child of God, we should have an attitude, there's certain attitude that we should have towards the return of our Lord. And with that being said, I want to tell you what the Word of God tells us about the Lord's return. It's something that I hold to boldly and believe and I cling to uh, uh, boldly the divine truth of the Word of God. And it is this. Jesus Christ will come back in a bodily, personal, visible return. That's what He's going to come back like. 
Uh, we hear so many different things. And I want to talk to you, and many preachers miss this. Many preachers say this and they're wrong. The second coming of Jesus Christ is not the rapture. The second coming of Jesus Christ is when He comes back with the saints during the trial after the trial of tribulation. The rapture is when He comes for the saints. The second coming is when He comes with the saints. So we're talking this morning about the rapture of the church, the rapture of the redeemed. This is when the uh, graves will give up its dead. This is when Jesus Christ come in, comes in and sets that final conquering upon sin and death, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Those who remain shall be caught up afterwards. That's what we're talking about here. And the reason that we today, the Word of God teaches us in a bodily, personal, and visible return of Jesus Christ, you have to remember when Jesus Christ left. And the angel showed up and the angel said something. Uh, as the men were standing there, he said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? That same Jesus, which was taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. So, is that not proof enough? The angel saying, I tell you, the way you just seen him leave is the way you're going to see him come back. So don't stand here wondering, where's he at? One day he's going to come back just the same way. And I cling to the passage of the 14th chapter of the book of John where it says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also. What a blessing those passages are to us this morning. What a hope this passage gives us today. And if any church is ever going to be what God would have them to be for Christ, it must hold on to and tell others of the wonderful truth of the return of Jesus Christ for the children of God. It is a necessity which has no substitute. Praise God, the rapture of the church is going to happen. I am more confident today that Jesus Christ will come back than I'm actually standing here. I could have got hit in the head. I may be dreaming all this up. But I can tell you with the authority of God's Word, the rapture of the church is a reality that will take place. Man, believing it or not believing it, will not stop what Christ will do. One day, uh, uh, it talks about, uh, one day there's going to be that one last person, Brother James. And it, it may be a child here this morning that's going to step out through the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit that something's going to happen in that heart as the Holy Spirit moves in it. And that individual comes to a place to say, I need Jesus. And they're going to give their life to Jesus. And at that time, God's going to look out to His Son, Jesus Christ. He said, I'm going to tell you, you go get my children right now. And that eastern sky is going to split open. A trumpet's going to sound. The graves will open up. They will start coming from those graves. And those who remain will be caught up after that. That's a fact. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. That's not my words. That's the Word of God. That's going to happen. And that should be a comfort for us today. And I think as a called preacher of the Word of God, it is my duty to remind you to broadcast every time I have a chance that Jesus Christ is coming back. The King is coming. The King's coming. 
Now, there's a lot of people that don't like that. Ah, it's a little spooky. It's a little concerning to me. There's a whole bunch of people that don't like that. And I've always been leery of a Christian that says, you know what? I just don't want Jesus to come back today. Well, something's bad wrong in your life. Something's bad wrong. And you can say, yeah, that's going to be uh, maybe a spooky time or a concerning time. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have no fear of it whatsoever. All I have is joy of its coming. The rapture of the church. You and I as God's children should be excited about the Lord's coming. And when we as humans get excited about something, there's something that always happens. When human beings get excited about something, it's hard for us not to do something. You ever notice that? You get real excited about something, you say, well, I'll get excited about things and not do anything. Well, you can get so excited that you can't sleep. You know what I'm saying? So you actually done something. You didn't sleep. You see, when human beings get excited about something, we start expressing that excitement. It'll be like the second week of November uh, this year that you will see on the Friday before deer season, that entire parking lot will be out there and you'll have to park in 425 to get in Walmart. You know why? Something's fixing to happen. People are excited about it and something's going on, right? So today, I want us to look what the Bible tells us that we should do about the coming of the Lord, the rapture. First of all, we are commanded by God to preach on the coming of the Lord. Just flip over a couple pages over to Titus. You'll see Philemon and then Titus. That's right before the book of Hebrews. Titus chapter 2. I want you to look there with me in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. Look at this. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a, particular, a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exalt and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Paul is writing to a young preacher and he's giving him some instructions on the way that he should tell who Jesus is and what's going on. And Paul is telling this young preacher, you preach the truth of the Word of God. You tell them that there's a Christ that's coming. There's a Christ that's coming to redeem, uh, to redeem the lost. Once they're redeemed, there's a Christ, the King, that will come back for them. You see, it's my responsibility... And it's your responsibility to proclaim the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are commanded of God to preach, teach of the second, of the rapture of the church that He's coming back. Heard a story one time of two preachers that had met at this uh, conference, and they just were sitting there beside each other, and they began to talk. And, during many of their conversations, they found one of the preachers uh, preached on the coming of the Lord regularly. And then the other preacher never preached upon the coming of the Lord. The one that uh, didn't preach on the coming of the Lord, the rapture of the church, said to the preacher that did, he said, you know what? 
There isn't a whole bunch of difference in us. Except I see you preach on the coming of the Lord often, and I never do. The other preacher looked at him and said, No, there's quite a difference in in us. I'm doing what God told me to do, and you're not. Because the Word of God proclaims to us, we are to tell this world of a coming Messiah. That's what we're told. You know, as they prophesied in the... I'm glad in the Old Testament they did prophesy about a Messiah coming. Do you think our responsibility is any less than what those Old Testament prophets were? Today, you and I are just proclaim and to tell this world that a king is coming. He came to Bethlehem, he left. But he's coming back for his people once again. The Word of God proclaims that to us, and you and I as children of God are to proclaim that. What a... Uh, we, are robbing, uh, we are robbing our children. And children of God are being robbed from uh, not telling this world on, and proclaiming the truth of the return of Jesus Christ. But also we should look for His coming there in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. Look what it says there. So Christ was once offered to bear the sin of many. And unto them that look for Him. You know what that word means there? That word look. It's an interesting word in the Greek. It actually means to gaze. To actually gaze at and stare. So this this passage of Scripture is actually telling us that you and I as a child of God, our hearts uh, should be constantly, wishfully looking into the eastern sky to see Jesus Christ come back. What this passage is telling us, if we get our heart right with the Lord, we wake up in the mornings and we go to the Lord in prayer, then we uh, go into Bible study. When we come outside, we ought to be looking towards the eastern sky and say, well, he may bust it open right now. That's what that's saying. We're to continually look towards the eastern sky to see if Jesus is coming. Wouldn't that be a blessing? That our heart would be in such a place, Brother Tony, that we would walk out of our home with our hearts right, ready to face the day that Christ has given us and we'll be Christ-like in it and say, I wish Jesus just split the eastern sky open and Him do it at that point in time. Would that not be wonderful? That's where we should be in our lives. That's exactly what uh, God expects of us. You know the old saying, you need to get your head out of the clouds? You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm going to tell you what, that's exactly where a Christian should have his looking in the clouds, awaiting his Lord. Because Jesus could come back any moment. We should be awaiting his return. You know something uh, that was always, that I always did, I can remember plainly. I always started acting a little better when it was getting closer for Jesus, uh, for Daddy to come home. The later it got in the day, the better I acted. Strange, isn't it? Hmm. Closer time come to daddy getting home, I acted better. What should my life look like today? What should my life look like you know I believe 
that you and I, if we'll start really realize that we're closer to seeing Jesus come back right now than we were this morning when we got up, that our heart is so focused in knowing that our Lord loves us and that Jesus Christ is going to come back for God's redeemed, that we would be looking into that eastern sky. It'll totally restructure your life. All those things that used to be so important that you focused on all day will kind of drift away. You just get your mind on Jesus may come back anytime. But also see that we're to pray for His coming. You know the model prayer. As Peggy mentioned this to me just a moment ago before church started. He said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. What does that mean? Well, God's kingdom now is established in God's children's hearts. But it means that we're saying, come back Jesus and establish your kingdom. That prayer means that we're tired of running this old world without you. It means that I want to see you face to face correct the issues that are here right now in my life and in this world. (coughs) I've said this before, something that bothers me about myself and it's this how excited I can become over a ball game or social events hop and holler but when we get to church we clam up and sit there like a knot on a log remember I said human beings when they get excited about something they, something happens And if we were to have someone stand up in most of our Baptist churches today under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and shouted, they'd look at him like he's gone crazy. But yet he was running bleachers Friday night. Hmm. Now I'm not saying that we're here to jump pews and run around the sanctuary, but I am saying that it should be such a great joy in our hearts this morning to know that the King is coming. That we've been praying for it, and the more we pray for it, the more we think that He's coming today. We need to start looking for Him, longing for Him, and even praying for His coming. I started this morning praying for Jesus to come back. It's already made a difference. In my life. It's more joy will be brought to our days. You know, when we'll truly get excited about the coming of the Lord, do you know people in Monticello will start to believe what we preach and what we say, and they'll start believing also that He's coming back? Revelations chapter 22 tells us, and the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let them that hear us say come. And let him uh, that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. And at the end of the book of Revelation, John himself cries out, Even so come, Lord Jesus. The very heartbeat of a Christian ought to be, Jesus, come quickly. Jesus, come now. Lord, come back and get me from this old sin-cursed world, the world of pain and sorrow and sickness and death and heartache. Come back and carry me home. That should be our prayer. Fourth thing is that we should be comforted by 
His coming. First Thessalonians tells us the dead in Christ shall rise first, then which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with Him in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so will ever be with the Lord. Then verse 17 finishes it off and says, Wherefore comfort one another with these words. If you and I do not have a comfort in the coming of the Lord, we need to re-examine what's going on in our life to get that comfort. If we haven't even thought of this week, because the Word of God is pretty clear on the way we're to think, the way we're to feel. If we haven't thought that the Lord could come back this week, something's wrong in our life. The Word of God proclaims, man, this is something just all, an everyday occurrence. We're steadily looking for the King. What a comfort it is to us. Fifthly, it's that we better be prepared for His coming. First John chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. We know that. When He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is, and every man that hath this hope in Him purify himself even as He is pure. You know why so many people, the saved, live a life today that is being conquered by sin? Do you know the reason that I've sinned against God this week? Because I wasn't expecting Him to come back. Just wasn't expecting His coming. There wasn't an expectation of Him coming. There wasn't an excitement in my heart about Him coming. When we get our eyes upon heaven, and realize that at any moment the shout and the trump of God, the voice of the archangel shall break open the heavens and the graves shall give up their dead and Jesus could find us doing whatever at that moment, it'll change us. So any church that believes this book should be excited about the coming of the Lord, shouldn't we? Of course we should. I fear one of the reasons that this world puts very little stake in Christianity is because it sees that we're not dedicated to our task of serving Christ with all of our heart and all of our mind. The Southern Baptist Convention years ago, Dr. J.B. Lawrence spoke. And he made this comment. He said, today our world is not in need of more Baptist. This world is in, in which we live is in dire need of better Baptist that love Jesus. The expectation of His coming. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You this morning. I thank You for this day that You've given us. Lord, I, I'm thankful today that there will be A time that you tell my Savior, Jesus, to step out and come get your children. 
And Lord, I pray that you instill something in me today, Lord, that I can't manufacture within myself. I pray that through the moving of the Holy Spirit that you would draw me so near to the cross, Lord, that I'm in anticipation and expectation of your coming. That you would make me uh, be closer to you today than I have been even this morning. That, Lord, that I would look upon all the beauty of your creation and know that at any minute, any second, you could come back. But Lord, also if I meet people throughout this day and days to come, I pray that that impression of your coming would be so impressed upon my heart, moving in my heart and convicting me in my heart that it would drive me to sharing about my King that's that's coming. Use your word in my heart. It's only you can. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen.